As soon as he left his new office, Pat realized that there was something bothering him for a few days now. It wasn't his new colleagues, all kind and all discreet enough to leave him alone. No, there was something else. The something else was the sunlight. The moment materializes. It comes from the birdsong in the trees. It cuts through to the inside of his soul. The black and white notes in his eyes react to the blue space of the sky. He touched the streets. He stops for a moment, breathless. He feels a beautiful connection. He has escaped existence. There is color. There is calm. There is a stillness. Every cell in his body, all those billions of neurons, just collapse and melt in front of him, into a heap. He feels so close to the outside orange of the sun. Everything else just disappears and fades away. The stories sleep on the leaves while the endless strings of molecules pour out of him the reality the chunks of data-driven corporate ice cream melt away time is not a victim anymore handcuffed in space time is an astronaut in free fall. All his divided souls diverging through the open space, no longer attached to the spaceship, no longer inside the noise of the authentic networks. Why does he feel so disconnected all the time. And why does it feel so good? Where do the edges of solitude begin? And where do they end? Outside time, there is the sense of a feeling, a connection, being in between everything. Inside time is the history of the black hole, the distraction of incessant activity, pulling everything inside it, the personality of gravity. Walking to the bus stop, he also began to feel guilty about how he had treated Cassandra the last time they had met at Amy's. Not that she would have noticed 
because Cassandra knew that he wasn't capable of wishing her harm. And most of all, she was a top-level fighter. The tempo is too fast. And on top of that, the radical changes. The zero understanding that swims right through to his heart. The complete lack of awareness of what is actually going on. It is a miracle he has survived this far. It must be hard for Cassandra to seem like this. He only feels comfortable when the film runs at two frames per second. But life is not like that. Not only do all the films run at 24 frames per second, but now there are several films all running at once. Simultaneous stimulus overload. All at the same time. All in the same shopping mall of personal space. The non-stop slade of white noise and discord. The perpetual cacophony. The insane discourse. Hitchcock on crack. He had understood that inside him there lay a kind of resentment towards Cassandra. Almost as if he held her responsible for the whole affair. But that wasn't the case and Pat felt the need to reconcile. He doesn't know how to communicate. The words slow down and get cold. It is hard to understand. The only way he knows how to say something is in the silence. Like a lizard static in the heat behind the curve of the sun, he watches Cassandra weave and twirl. Entangled, but totally at ease, in and around the complexity. She flows through it all. He doesn't know how she does it. The intricacy and the detail assimilated in an instant. Effortless. He must try harder to relax and just be himself with Cassandra. Maybe try and make a laugh with his weird outlook if he can. Laughter smooths out the difficult terrain. His perception is linear and latent, overwhelmed by all the complicated algebra of living and moving forward. The non-stop slow drudge of always trying to keep up. The sculpture is never finished. No matter how much work is put into it, it is exhausting. He will try and have more cups of tea with Cassandra. Try to not be so 
Celine Dion with her. It is almost impossible to breathe in this hyper, fast-paced, overgroomed, perfectionist, whirlwind of being. He is like a tortoise, mouthing a eulogy to the death of silence, slowly moving in the opposite direction, just for the hell of it, always swimming against the waves, the front crawl against the frantic rushing towards technological nirvana, the backstroke towards the random sharp steel of the masculine violent impulse, the breaststroke towards the hordes of Cynthia Sherman selfies, accelerating at breakneck speeds in order to get their nails done. He could try and talk to her about cakes, but he doesn't know anything about cakes, never has, never will. The slow landscapes are being Stalinized, brushed out of the black and white photographs. The stillness is no longer there. The momentum and the velocity, by its very nature, wipes everything out. When he speaks to Cassandra, the sound and vision of the language comes out in slow motion grey. It would be much easier if he could just go for a quiet walk with her through the trees, or if they could listen to the sound of the waves on an isolated beach. Without hesitation, Pat went to Cassandra and Gareth's house, but when he was about to knock, he noticed that the house was bathed in dazzling light. Intrigued, but not at all surprised, he looked out the window and saw that Cassandra and Alistair were suspended in the air, while the real me by the who was playing loudly. He entered through the back door and tried to call her. She held out her hand and suddenly Pat found himself sucked in to that cone of light. He too was suspended in the air and realised he was in a theatre. This is Mr. Francis's theatre, Cassandra told him, pointing to the stage. Pat looked around. It was all quite new and it didn't feel like the theatre they knew. However, he was struck by a detail. A poster of a film screening hanging on one of the side walls 
Cassandra smiled at him. Welcome to the 70s, 